Hello and welcome to the Straight Red Podcast. Ewan, how have you been? I've had a bloody brilliant summer. Have you missed me? Yes, I'd be lying if I hadn't. <laughs> have you been looking forward to this? Really looking forward to it. I can't believe it's May the 10th, our last podcast. Seven weeks with no Reds gossip on Straight Red, but there's been loads going on on all social media forums and, of course, the club website. So we've got absolutely loads to talk through. Where do you want to start? So I think, well, we, we know where we're going to start. Well, let's not pretend. We're going to start with the transfers. <laughs> so this podcast, just to give you an idea, is going to be a nice little summary of what's happened so far during the summer window. Um, just in case you've been on holiday and haven't kept up to date or you've been really keen and uh, you've, you've kept up to date with everything and you want a nice place in order to organise your thoughts just because there's been so much happening with Crawley <laughs> Town this summer that you just can't quite understand how, how so much has happened. So, so we're going to put it into a nice little podcast for you to understand. So let's start with the transfers you're in. Can, can, First, I, can I start somewhere else really quickly? Oh, go on. One of the most important things that I've learnt this summer that home is a noun, the place where one lives permanently, especially as a member of, fa- of a family or a household. Did you know that? Um, yes, maybe cl- not the, in those the profound club, words. The, the club have only tweeted it about 37 times. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's quite important. Home is a noun. I'll never, ever forget it. Well, now that we know what home means, we are going to go into the transfers. Let's do it. So we're going to start off with transfers that are done. I think we're also going to have a little discussion on transfers that are rumoured that might happen later on in the <gasps> window because it hasn't closed just yet. But let's start off with transfers that have done. Ewan, have you got some sort of list or shall I whistle I, I, off what I've got? I've, I've tried to do them in order. So the first one that's really brilliant, of course, is the Danny Bourne one-year contract extension because that wasn't actually confirmed the last time we had a podcast. So Danny, three, 399 appearances for the club, 40 last year at the age of 40. It is absolutely incredible. An absolute club store. What great ambassador. So excited that he's back for another year. Will it be his last year? Every single year, you've got to think yes. But last year, he was absolutely fantastic. So another season for Danny. He's going to be 41 at the end of this season. He's already the oldest player in the league. He just gets older and maybe not better, but doesn't go down at all, does he? No, I think he was definitely one of our best players last season. Um, Would you agree with that? I would agree with that, definitely. So definitely has earned his one-year contract, not just because he's the oldest player, but because of his talent. And that goal as well. So... The next uh, person that I'm going to name off that we've signed, in no particular order, Mason Bloomfield, on loan from Norwich for the season. I'm particularly excited about him. I've watched a few videos online that I could find. It a, a bit difficult to find proper videos of Mason. But the videos that I have seen reminded me of um, Carlin Ahern Grant. There you go. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> the name evaded me for a second. But yes, I'm uh, very excited. One thing to note, it's a, it's a season-long loan. It's not a purchase, it's a season-long loan from Norwich City. 22-year-old striker, um, spent last season on loan with Scottish Premier League club Hamilton, scoring three goals in just nine appearances, mind. So not a lot of football under his belt last season. But hey, he's dropping down to League Two with Crawley. Um, hopefully we can see uh, good things from him. One season-long loan under the belt. Now, the other deals that we're going to talk about, I believe, are all permanent deals as opposed to loans. Oh, that's the stats I've got. So where shall we, we Let, which player shall we pick now? I think now? we've got to start with Ashley Addison, don't we? He's the elephant in the room, isn't he? Um, we had an exclusive um, sort of a highlight from him, or we, we, we were the first sort of to mention that he might be coming to the club, which was quite exciting. And finally, it was confirmed not too long ago. So Ashley, 24 years old, another striker, three-year contract, and he arrived in the back of a Durant removals van with Salim at the wheel. Yes, although I don't think he officially started until yesterday, did he, his contract, I think? Officially started I, I, I can believe that. First, first of, July, of July, yeah, I can yeah. absolutely believe that. Um, so a couple of bits on him. Of course, prolific striker. Over the course of two years in 2013-15, he notched up 99 League and Cup goals in those three seasons. Then he joined Fleetwood, spent last year on loan at uh, Carlisle, scoring 14 goals in 67 appearances. That is over his time with Fleetwood and Carlisle. So not a lot of goals, not a lots of games in that period but um, all the fans on on social media seem to be pretty excited about his arrival and also being a local lad from around this area it's not often we get to say that we've um, got a local lad that has so much promise absolutely totally agree great to hear who's next on your list 
Nathan Ferguson. We'll go with him. Another Dulwich Hamlet signing. Oh, we must have some sort of deal with them, eh? We must. We're doing very or well. Or they must have some sort of deal in the contracts that they get some sort of signing on fee because we have developed players from Dulwich Hamlet into good uh, prospects, basically. Absolutely. And attacking midfielders. We've got two strikers so far and an attacking midfielder. 23-year-old, so another young guy. Three-year contract with an option for another one. Um, and he's been a regular for Dulwich during the last two seasons, making 80 appearances and scoring 11 goals. Not a bad return for an attacking midfielder. Not at all. Now, the name of this player, I'm, I'm going to have, have a go at. I'll let you have go a go on, at as go well. On. Beryl Lubala. I'm going to go Beryly. B-E-R-Y-L-Y, Beryly Labala. We'll find out. Um, he has worked with Gabby at Birmingham, in fact. So Gabby knows this player. 21-year-old, so that's four young players now. Uh, Two-year contract with a year's option from Birmingham City. Born in the Democratic Republic of Congo. An attacking midfielder. Um, and as well as playing regularly, again, under-23 uh, under levels last season, he made four first-team appearances, during, including a full debut in the Carabao Cup tie against Reading. One thing I'm going to point out about those four signings. Two strikers, two attacking midfielders. Uh, unsurprising also that quite a few of them are quite young as well, based upon the philosophy of Crawley. I think what Crawley have shown in the last few years, just going back to the ages, we've got a 24-year-old, 22-year-old, 21-year-old and 23-year-old. So four players under 24. Clearly, we'll go on to a minute, sort of the likes of Ashley Nathaniel George, um, Panuche Kamara, uh, Rhys Gregor Cox. Crawley are clearly have a campaign to sign younger players, develop them and sell them on. Crawley is going to be a selling club at the moment. It, always, it probably is always going to be well, as far as the eye can see anyway. And this is four more exciting players. And if we get two seasons out of all four of them, fantastic, sell them on. It's great business. The club are doing some great business with young players at the minute. Do you think that because we've signed so many attacking midfielders and striker, do you think this is going to spell a change in tactics? For the club? I, th I think it might spell an end for Palmer and Polian. I think it's been rumoured anyway. Haven't heard anything about that in the last sort of seven weeks since so the last So Polian recently posted a photo on Instagram of him on holiday a couple of days ago whilst the club, um, well, the rest of the club were, were training. Now, obviously, he doesn't, he might not have actually been on holiday at the time, but that kind of suggests that, that he's a lot, not yeah. with the squad. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, hadn't seen that, but that is interesting information, Jonathan. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's been rumours of Palmer going to Southend as well, which sort of uh, sprung up again a couple of weeks ago. But again, no, nothing firm, nothing solid from any sort of really reliable source. Uh, just opinions going around um, the usual channels. Any other rumours that you have on the mill? I Well, when, I say, mill? when I say rumours, the caveat is it's from the Crawley Observer. Okay? <laughs> um, so it's come from us ultimately. Uh, pretty much, yeah. Um, so, two, there was... Now, take this with a pinch of salt, because the headline was... Town fans value trio at £2 million. So this is regards Panuche Kamara, Ashley Nathaniel George and David Cisse, all wanted by a championship club. Now, the, 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 the supposed uh, value put on by the club, the championship club, which isn't named for those three players, was £1.3 However... When social media heard about this, I think it was mainly sort of Twitter that picked up on it. But w one single fan, one single fan in reply to that Observer article that suggested the 1.3 came back and said, oh, no, I think they're worth two million. Their next headline was town fans value trio at two million. One person commented. I think we should rename that as Town Fan Values it's Trio. It is incredible where they get the headlines from. And then a little bit later, there was an individual one just for um, Ashley Nathaniel George, which is a half a million pound bid from a championship club. Unconfirmed, just a rover for the former Hendon winger. And he scored six goals in 30 appearances for Choffey's side last season. Again, it's the Crawley Observer. Take it with a pinch of salt. Um, and whilst we're on the Crawley Observer and these uh, strange headlines that they put from seemingly nowhere, we might see an end to these as there is no more Graham Carter. Yes, that was uh, noted down as a thing to say, although he is going freelance, so he is still kicking about, which is nice. Yeah, so after 437 years as the chief Crawley Town investigative reporter at the Crawley Observer, his um, tenure has come to an end, as well as some other reporters there as well. So there's been a, a real sort of clear out. But um, joking aside, we sit next to him on quite a lot of the games. He's a lovely guy, not the best football reporter in the world. H how he's stolen a living as a football reporter for the last God knows how many decades, I've no idea. But um, he's a nice guy and we wish him all the best in his uh, future endeavours.
Yes, yeah, so now moving on, I think, to fixtures. Yep, yeah, yeah. Well, we've got so much to talk about. We can't hang around on too many seconds for too long because this will be a long podcast. Otherwise, it's a midsummer special. Let's crack on with soon. It, soon it'll be autumn by the time we finish it. <laughs> right, so cracking on with, uh, with the fixtures, starting off, of course, with the pre season friendlies that have been confirmed so far. We've got Swansea, then Brighton, then Portsmouth on the 13th, 19th, and 27th of July, You've missed respectively. One out. You've missed one out. Oh, go on. We're away at Horsham on oh, the 20th yes. of July. Yes, sorry. I, I should have said home fixtures. Uh, home okay. fixtures. Home, home pre-season friendly fixtures. But yes, we do. Horsham, which of course we'll come back to a little bit later on yes. because we're starting to build a little bit of a special relationship with them. We are. Long overdue, but yes. Yeah, so Swansea, the first friendly home on the Saturday, the 13th of July. Kickoff three o'clock. One pound a ticket. That's cracking. Absolutely cracking. And, and leading on slightly from the price of tickets, under 11s this season are going in free to all League and Cup games. I mean, fantastic. It's great, really good. Great yeah. initiative. We'll, we'll talk a bit more about pre uh, season tickets a little bit later. But also, the Swansea City game, where it's a pain to get in, it'll also form part of the club's annual fun day with a host of activities planned for around the stadium. And again, all tickets, again, just one pound. Can't, can't guarantee the prices to get on any of the rides if there's rides and things. There's always seems to be sort of some, some sort of fun fair and uh, inflatable rides, although inflatables not been good in the news the last couple of years. Um, wouldn't want to be in that business. But also things like face painting and uh, maybe I'm guessing the, the, um, there'll be some football activities on for the youngsters as well. Ticket prices for the other friendly, so Brighton and Hove Albion and Portsmouth, they're going to be £10 adults, £5 for 18 and under. And again, like you said, Jonathan, under 11s are going free this season. Brilliant, really impressive by the club. Um, and again, we'll come on to the club a little bit more later on in regards of what they're doing uh, promotional-wise and commercial-wise. So that's the friendly. So what about the opening season fixtures, the big games? Yeah, so uh, I guess the first meaningful cup tie that we've had so far is we've been drawn away to Walsall in the uh, Cabareo Cup. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> So that tie is due to be played week commencing 12th of August. I think from what I've seen so far, that's still to be decided. But yes, what, what's your feeling? Sorry, what's to be decided? The When it will actually be played. So it's just a week commencing, I think. On the club it? website, it says Tuesday, August the 13th at 7.45. Ah. Get up to date. Come on. Ah, You've been on the train work news. on this last three old hours. news. <laughs> Yeah, so Walsall is away Tuesday, 13th of August. Um, ticket prices. Do you even know the ticket prices, Jonathan? £5? No, £10 adults, £5 concessions, £1, 12 and under. So unfortunately, if you're an 11 old, you can get into free at Crawley, but you've got to pay a quid at Walsall. How are you feeling about the Cabaret Cup this season? Is it a thing to press for? Here's my, uh, here's my summary. <sighs> yeah, I thought it might be that. Crawley haven't won a game in either the Carabao Cup or the FA Cup since 2013-14 season. Wow. And away at Walsall is so uninspiring as a cup tie. I, I, do you know what? Of course, I want to win. I, wa I want us to win the bloody FA Cup and the Carabao Cup. <laughs> but I can just see Walsall away, 1-0 loss late in the game. Something really crap like that. Um, but hey, fingers crossed. Let's win a cup game. Let's go on a cup run. It's been five years, and I genuinely feel, this happens at the start of every season, I genuinely feel we can do it this year. Yes, I'm personally feeling a little bit more excited for the FA Cup, just because I think there's a little bit more magic around that for us. But, you know, if we can do it in the Cabaret Cup, um, fair excuse play. Excuse me, talking about magic of the cup, did you see the draw for the first round of the Carabao Cup? That's what we've just been talking about, isn't it? Did you, no, did you oh. actually see oh, the draw? The, no, no. It took place <laughs> in Morrison's. They oh, did it yes, no, in... I heard about this. Yes, yes, yes. Ridiculous. I didn't... Did they film it or something? It was all done in Morrison's with um, John Barnes oh. and Ray Parler or something like that. It, it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. But Fantastic. hey, league games. That's the cup game. League games. First two home, uh, first two games away to Carlisle. <laughs> first away game away to Carlisle. What a way to go. Uh, but get it out of the way early, I suppose. Saturday, the 3rd of August, 3 o'clock. And our first home game, newly promoted Salford. August the 10th, 3 o'clock. Yes, yeah, so shall we quickly just summarise teams that have joined us in League 2 and left us? So promoted from the National League, Leighton Orient and the team you just mentioned, Salford City, which many of you may know about because they've taken the headlines recently because, or quite a few seasons ago also, because they're, I think, 50, 60% owned now by ex Manchester United players, David Beckham being the most recent to buy a 10% share in them. But also, I think they've achieved 
four promotions in five years. I like the story. How it always seems to be little old Salford coming through. Yeah, backed by a, day, a dozen multi-millionaires. <laughs> it's not little old Salford, is it? Come on. No. So relegated from League One is Plymouth Argyle, Bradford City, Walsall and Scunthorpe United. So they're the teams joining us, the teams leaving us to be promoted to League One. Just in case you need a reminder, Lincoln City, Bury, MK Dons and Tranmere Rovers. And of course, relegated to the National League is Notts County and Yeovil Town. So we, we won't be seeing those teams this season. But from the teams joining us this league season and also the teams staying with us from last season, Ewan, who are you most excited about playing? Do you know what? I'm kind of looking forward to the Salford game. I'm really happy that's our first home game. I think that's fallen really, really nicely. Um, And I was sort of looking forward to Leighton Orient because they're coming back up. But you, you, would have, you would have assumed wrongly that that would be around about Christmas time, usually sort of Boxing Day or New Year's Day. But it's not. It falls like in, in mid-August, I think. I'm just sort of looking at the fixtures now. So I would have been looking forward to that one. And I still am, of course. Um, but it, mean, it would be nice if that... It's, it's probably our clo- is that our closest game this season, Leighton Orient? Possibly so. It's not so, far off, is it? Because we've we're actually got quite a, a long season in terms of away travel. We've got Plymouth, Plymouth and then Carlisle up the other end of the country. I think last season we were third for most miles travelled. Uh, when I say we, I say... The, the, <laughs> yes, I apologies. Don't, please don't take us I don't out of this. I don't mean Jonathan and I. I mean <laughs> we as a club um, and all those dedicated fans that do go to all the away games. Again, we absolutely salute you and the... the um, GH coaches are organising that first away game to Carlisle. Check out their website for all the information. But yeah, credit to anybody that goes to those. Um, but again, just to answer your question, Salford, looking forward to that game. Always looking forward to the boxing game, no matter sort of who or where it is. That's always a nice one. Just sort of feels very English football-y, that game. And um, for the third, I think it's the third year out of four, we end the season away at Mansfield. Mm, and I'm also sad that we have an away fixture on the last game of the season. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, away, first game and last game, never nice. But um, hey, let's look at a nice little cup run and uh, see what we can and do. And dare I jump in very quickly just before we conclude the fixtures part of this. What are your early predictions for Crawley's placement this season? Is it too early to ask? Do you know what? Got to be positive. I, I just want us at some point in the season, and not after three games because we have a good start, but to be challenging for the top sort of six, seven places. I'd love us, I'd love us to spend the season in the top half. Even if it's 10th, 11th, 12th, I'd love us to spend the season in the top half because no matter what over the last five, six years, although we've spent a lot of the season between sort of 12th and 17th, we have, you're always looking over your shoulder back the way. I just for one season, just don't like to be looking up the table the whole time instead of wondering, oh, we're 12 points off the drop, we're nine points off the drop, etc., etc. I just want to be looking forward. So some sort of consistency rather than a higher placing I would I would accept progress and I mean I would accept progress and by that I mean our best season in maybe sort of three or four years I think gosh was it two years ago when Harry Kiel finished we finished 14th I think it was our best season in League 2 since we dropped down so anything above 14th would be nice but top half of the table in short yes well let's now move on to I think uh, what's going to be possibly the most exciting part of this podcast the training ground saga. Now, I think this is story time with Ewan because you've got a cracking little story explained how the training ground came about and all that's happened because it's it's not been a, a straight little thing, is it, at all? It's been quite a roller coaster. Do you know what? I bloody love social media and I bloody love Crawley Tame fans too because there, there's so many characters. Always drama. It could be... Uh, I'd love to make a sitcom out of Crawley Town social media. It's great. But let's start with, let's talk about the training ground, okay? Because there's sort of two conversations to be had here. The first one is, and I'm sure you're all aware, we're now training at the new home of Horsham FC, which is the Hoppo Stadium. And that's going to be our training base. Um, so the contract have now been signed. The, the players are training there now as of yesterday. 2nd of July today. So they were training there as of yesterday. And so, how, do you, how do you feel about that very quickly? Because I know I a, few, gr- a few fans are actually disappointed in a way because obviously Horsham are are many leagues below us and we're a League 2 side. It's embarrassing, they think, that we're having to go to a lower league club. Ridiculous comment. It's a training ground. It's it's a training ground for us, okay? So you're always going to go to somewhere a little bit smaller. You're not going to go and train at um, at the Amex or something ridiculous like that. Um, it's facilities. There are two new 3G pitches as well as a clubhouse and ancillary facilities. Ancillary, I think that's um, a, a long word for like uh, somewhere to get changed, somewhere to eat, somewhere to have a shower, things like that. 
Um, Kelly Derham, Operations Director, has said, we've been working with Horsham for the last six months to get this over the line and we're thrilled to be using their superb facilities for squad training. And uh, I think 99% of the feedback has been absolutely positive. It's great to have somewhere to train full-time because where we were previously, the the players were getting changed at the club then travelling to training. Any progress on that is absolute thumbs up. And so Kelly goes on to say, as everyone knows, we've had issues with regular training facilities. So it's nice to have something um, long term in the bank. Now, when it comes to training ground, the big conversation of the last few weeks or maybe even a couple of months or so, and maybe even mentioned on the last podcast, is getting somewhere permanent that is owned and run by Crawley Town, the club itself. And this is where Paul comes in. And it's still the long-term ambition, isn't it, of the club to do that? Absolutely, yeah. I, I would still see Horsham as a, as a short-term plan. Um, and the long-term ultimate goal is, of course, to have your own training facility. So you've got your own... Because, gr- again, it's two 3G pitches. I, th- I do believe the main pitch at Horsham has got a shock absorber in it. So although it's 3G, it's got a shock absorber underneath. So it, it plays almost like grass, soft grass. Um, so I think the ultimate goal is to have a, a grass pitch, a 3G pitch, uh, maybe uh, like a floodlit pitch, and then facilities to get changed, have lunch, have a shower, get physio, all those things that you need as a full training ground. And we've got backing from that from Hong Kong, Paul. Absolutely, yeah. So that's his... I'm going to go back to May the 1st here again. Yeah, sorry, I'm ruining the story. No, so uh, this is sort of the Twitter story. It's got a pretty good ending as well. So the Twitter story is on the May the 1st, um, Paul mentioned, because we're well aware he's been in uh, talks with the club about sort of helping to pay for a training ground on a long-term lease, and that's then owned by the club. So May the 1st, uh, Paul said this, the club is already working hard to research the costs of pitches and arranging meetings with the council regarding sites. CTSE is pushing hard on this. Credit where it's due. Well done, everyone. Erdem, Crawley Town, Salim and Bruce. A few days later, and um, once again, I would like to ask my followers for guidance. This is a separate topic now, but it all falls into the same story. So again, Paul's looking to put some money into the club. And he's had discussions with the club about assisting in a few areas financially. Please choose one that you believe is best. The options were scoreboard, tunnel system, repair damage you stand. We mentioned this on the last podcast. Again, it was May the 4th. PA and tunnel system came out on top. Then we go jump to May the 28th. Paul gives a training ground update. The club has been in dialogue with the council regarding a suitable location. We have a strong possibility. I've asked the uh, council to name a price for a 99-year lease. The idea is to create four pitches, two grass and two synthetic. So pretty much what we said a moment ago. More news coming soon. Um, CTFC is currently getting me quotes to upgrade the hardware for the PA system so this is again just flipping back to the other story the goal is to have something ready for the start of next season as soon as I get the numbers I'll let you know what's happening the club has been brilliant so what jumping in there it's so great now because there was tension at the start but now Paul and the club are actively talking it feels like a really strong partnership which is it's only a good thing and Paul's been so transparent on social media which absolutely, can only yeah. be good absolutely yeah and he loves a poll doesn't he <laughs> um, so he then asks um, would you put your voice this is regards to the training grad now because I think what came back was there was three parties interested in the land that was proposed for the training ground um, I sort of understood Two of them were housing developments, but I now understand new news is the land cannot be used for housing. So I'm not sure. I'm trying to find out what the two other parties are. But uh, Paul put out a poll. He said, would you put your voice behind our efforts to secure the training ground? Can we count on you to let the council know how important this is to us? Because the club saying we want a training ground is fine, but it would make our voice a lot stronger if the fans got behind that. 90, 150 votes, 98% said yes, one said no, and one said can't be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> got to be honest, haven't you? Got, got, got to be honest. Got to appreciate it. And then massive, massive credit here to, on Twitter, CTFC Thoughts. It's a, it's a really good, if you're not following that account already, follow it. It's a really, really very positive quality. It's great. Very honest as well. So CTFC Thoughts put out, uh, set up a petition, put it online, posted it on Twitter. And to date, and the, 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 the petition is putting your voice as a Crawley resident behind the need for Crawley Town Football Club to have a training facility because it would help the town. Whatever helps the town, helps the club and build a, a better community is, is behind it all. So far... 841 signatures to date. Just checked that a moment ago. Also been signed like the, by the likes of, of Gabby. Philippe Marais has got involved. Philippe Marais actually put a tweet out afterwards saying, this is massive for the club and the players. I'm sure other, all other players will agree with me in saying we would love a grass pitch to train on, uh, let alone a pers- purpose-built training grade. More importantly, it's a huge building block for the club and the Crawley community as a whole. I love Philippe Marais. Mm. He's fan- I'm so glad he's in the photos for the training now because at the end of last season, it was a bit dodgy. 
Um, but it's really positive. I love, love the guy. And I'm really enjoying how... Uh, down to earth almost Crawley are, are coming across over this closed window Definitely. I feel like a lot of clubs sometimes appear like it's you know it's us and you absolutely whereas it's very much uh, you know you're part of us I could not agree more that what's been coming out the club uh, social media channels and the website it's been so it's been keeping the fans so up to date and it's all done in a very like personable way it's not we're the club this is the news it's everything is together which is absolutely brilliant that's why I think it's so positive at the minute there seems to be a very positive vibe around the club that always is going into a new season but the club are fully behind that and fully responsible for a lot of that as well the way they're currently communicating and if you've not already done so i would highly recommend following paul on twitter following uh, all of the crawley players on twitter following us on twitter if you haven't done that already also because all of these different channels are being used by the club to communicate to you and with you yeah and uh, uh like f- we do use Twitter a lot. We should use Facebook on the forum more, but we, we do sort of focus on Twitter because that, that's just where most of the conversations take place. Um, and it's at CTFC Hong Kong if you want to follow Paul. But conversation carries on. And this is where it gets a little bit meaty. <laughs> um, so Paul said in response to that poll, um, Paul replies, thanks to everyone who took part in the poll. The fans have spoken. I truly believe the future of fan engagement for CTFC is not through stuffy committees with unhelpful agendas and bureaucratic nonsense. Tens of thousands of pounds in the CTSA bank, our PA system and seats are broken, effectively saying the CTSA is not supporting this. Why? Big, big question mark. It started, not a riot, but it, it got really intense. And it got, as, a, as an onlooker, it was quite exciting to yeah, read and watch. I can see why. First question, though, is do the CTSA have enough money to to pay for these things or it was Paul just expecting a, a donation towards it? I, I think the payment for this is irrelevant. I think what he was getting at is just the general support of anything positive to do with the club. But oh, I'm not going to get into that right now. We'll sure. discuss that in a minute. Let's finish this story because it wouldn't be fair otherwise. Um, Paul also mentioned afterwards uh, hundreds of fans got behind CTFC in the training ground. This is after we got loads and loads of votes in this uh, poll. Uh, hundreds of fans got behind CTFC in the training ground. Owners, club staff, directors, even the players spoke but you have done nothing pointing the finger at the CTSA. Uh, disband your silly boys club and hand over your cash wall chest to CTFC or return it to those that gave it to you, copying in the CTS Alliance. Now, there was a conversation back and forth. Um, the reason I'm not going to go too deep into it, because at the moment we're trying to get the CTSA on the next podcast, hopefully, because it's, I don't think it's fair to have the conversation without them here to back yes, up and have they, their say. They know their story. Abs- we absolutely, don't. yeah. And they have made a comment, which I'll read out in a moment. Um, I think the best answer I saw, I picked out in all of this conversation, and if you want to go online and read it, because I'm not going to read it all out, but it, it did. Um, there was a lot of emotion involved. Um, and the CTSA did defend themselves, and there's lots of people chipping in. And it was generally quite negative towards the CTSA. Cannot deny that whatsoever. I'd say it was the vast majority just didn't know what the CTSA stood for or did or or what their plans were. Tim Knightley chipped in with a really good comment. I'd like to see what, this is what he said, I'd like to see why the CTSA and everyone else associated with the club always have these differences. It's always been the same, be it the travel, supporters, owners, etc. Surely we should all want what's best for the club onwards and upwards. Absolutely right, Tim. Because Everybody should be together. There shouldn't be a them and us, a CTSA. Um, historically, there was a bit of trouble like the, the travel and things, but that's completely gone now. GH Cotis, what they do is absolutely brilliant with the travel. The question mark is heavily over the CTSA. And again, based on the comments coming back, and, and it's my opinion as well, I just don't know what they stand for or do anymore. Um, because as you can see from the poll, it was like 99%. Yes, let's get behind the club. 840 signatures on this poll. But until a comment I'll read out in a second, not no comment whatsoever from the CTSA who is meant to represent the overall fans' voice. Yeah, in it's, all it's on- bizarre. In all honesty, <laughs> I know this might sound silly, but I only thought the CTSA sort of read run the Reds rollover and sort of sold really old Crawley Town memorabilia. I believe any any sports association should be in charge leading the fans' voice. And promoting anything positive to do with the club. I looked through their Twitter account and until very recently, all they, they, they seem to be very focused on debts and money and who's running what and bureaucracy and rules instead of, come on, brilliant idea, let's get beyond the training ground. But they should be at the absolute forefront and they're not. Now, the CTSA did come back with a statement, so it's only fair to read this out. And hopefully if we can get them on the next show, 
um, if they're still around. I'll come on to why I've said that in a second. Um, and they've, it's got to be fair. They've got to have their voice. It's the only way you can have a, a proper conversation. So they came out with a statement after all this furor about them making no comment whatsoever about what was going on. Um, they said, following Crawley Town FC's statement today, the CTSA are pleased that the club have informed supporters of the proposal uh, to use the site in Bubish as a training complex. We were made aware of these plans at our last board meeting with the club and at the time informed them that we were fully behind the club's intentions to move these plans forward. Great. However, at that point, we were instructed to keep the matter confidential and that it was not for public communication. When the petition to back these plans was put into the public domain, the club hadn't announced their intentions, so we didn't feel it right to support a petition that at that point in time had no support from the club. I'm going to stop in there. That is absolutely irrelevant. Okay, Whether it's official or not, just getting behind something in principle is all they had to do. That's all they had to do. Um, I understand that it was sort of confidential, but letting on and, and promoting um, a, a vote or so wouldn't have compromised their condition that they had with the club. Do you think all. they're trying to play it too safe there? I think, I think, it's, I think it's all red tape and, and lines and bureaucracy and, and rules. Just that they're only... Not acting with their heart. Their only role is to be supportive of things going forward. And they they could have absolutely backed that without giving away that they knew about it beforehand. Um, The statement closed with, um, as the club have stated, there are three parties involved in the bidding process. Along with signing the petition, the CTSA will be contacting the council to ask uh, their support with this. Fantastic again. The CTSA would like to thank Paul Hayward for his offering his financial support to this initiative, along with Zaya Erin, who continues to invest hundreds of thousands of pounds each season. We're holding our AGM on Thursday, the 25th of July, and remind all fans that they are able to attend this if they would like to raise anything with us. So uh, that's their sort of that's their reason for not getting on board with the poll straight away. And I think in hindsight, very bad decision. Um, they've got that, that's given them quite a, a lot of negative press um, with with uh, Crawley fans. And I think it's justified the negative press as well. And they're really kind of on the back foot now. But with that statement at the end there, I mean, they they clearly um, they're saying they support Paul, support the program. They're going to get in touch with the council. Exactly what we want them to do. Just a bit late. Do you think this little saga has now spells the end for the CTSA? Well, July the 1st, let's carry on with this little storyline. Paul says this, after much work by the club, um, this is about the PA system. Now, again, these are intertwined because it's all sort of um, the same sort of storyline. After much work by the club, the PA system is an entangled nightmare. We knew that anyway. It's always been an absolute bloody nightmare. In the end, this is going to take ages, ages to sort, and the whole thing is going to come out pushing a hundred grand over a decade to sort out. So the CTFC have asked me to support them with something else. So a bit of a, a tease at the end of that, but we didn't have to wait long to find out what the teaser was because Paul put out another poll, Hong Kong poll. Uh, the club have um, asked for a new scoreboard, large CLR LED, sixteen by nine foot. So the same as sort of Cheltenham Town FC, if you've been there, lovely, lovely um, scoreboard installed by the first home game. The cost is £60,000, got a five-year life plus expectancy, which you'd expect. Uh, It generates income and it's low maintenance costs. And he put three options on. Let's do it. No, we still want the PA system. Neither. More options, please. Yeah, it's had 205 votes. Most votes, I think, his polls have had. To date. Yep, yep. 205 votes. 90% yes, let's do it. And I agree with that because £60,000 on something that's going to generate your income and it would look nice and new scoreboard. We do need a new scoreboard. And we'd rather than spend 60 grand on that or 100 grand on a new PA system. The PA system's poor, but I think I can I can, I can kind of live with it. I'd rather have a I'll grand. remind you that next time you're in the stadium. <laughs> um and funnily enough, that positive tweet from Paul was retweeted by the CTSA. <laughs> so um, hopefully uh, the, the ice melting maybe on that relationship. But here is breaking news as of today. In case you haven't seen it, the CTSA have released details of their latest board meeting with the club. You can find it on ctfcsa.co.uk. Definitely give it a read because I'm going to give it a gist for you, okay? What they're basically saying is they had a meeting with the club. The club have outlined or proposed a new supporters association. 
So disbanding the CTSA, starting up something completely new. And this would be managed by the club? um, uh, To be decided, I think. No, I think the money would go directly to the club. However, it would be sort of a separate bank account uh, with with, um, the information provided so you can see exactly where the money is going. How it would work is something like, this is again just something like um, fans would pay £5 a month, the money go into a big kitty, and then based on polls on Twitter or wherever it might be, the fans decide the ones that pay the five or ten pounds, the fans decide where that money is spent. So you can literally put money into the club and decide where it goes. And by the looks of things, the CTSA are fairly confident or or happy even with that proposal. It would mean sort of disbanding the CTSA. Uh, So, I mean, the the statement is long, so have a read. I'm really sort of gisting it here. Um, But the last comment is, once the suggested proposals are formalised by the CTSA, we'll take advice from the Supporters Direct on the position of Crawley Town Supporters Association Limited um, as a regulated entity and use of CTSA funds must be distributed in accordance with certain regulations. They're simply saying, yeah, if they're going to set this up in this new sports association, yes, we'll support it. Yes, we'll close ourselves. And the big sticking point is the transfer of funds. Because there's there's something between, again, the, I've heard these figures in different locations, somewhere between 20 and £30,000 sat in the CTSE bank account. Um, and I think that's been there historically because they've only got about 20 members. So they can't have a lot of money coming in. The Reds roller over hasn't been incredibly well supported, I don't believe. So that money has been set there historically. And one of the sticking points is they've got that money in the bank. We've got broken seats. We've got a broken scoreboard. We've got a broken PA. Why is it not being invested into the club somehow? 20 grand could pay um, a sort of young player's wages for a year, but it's just sort of being sat there. So any funds would be transferred. Again, this is all maybes, ifs, buts, but have a look at their statement on the CTSA website. I think by the time we get to the next podcast, we might not have an interview with the CTSA um, because we might have a new supporters association. Yes. Uh, either way, though, it would be interesting to possibly even grab a little quick interview with them just to hear their point of view, because obviously we, d- we don't know what their side of the story might be on that. But also, if there is a new supporters group, then we can probably provide you some information on that new sports group. Either way, a very tasty story. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Um, And a couple of things from that statement on their website. If you've asked a question recently, um, they they do put those to the board. So it's fairly interesting um, to, to, if you might have asked a question, you've got an answer. It might be on the CTFCSA website.co.uk. So um, have a look. And I think that's enough time spent on that topic. But that does lead us in the training ground story to pre-season training. And the players are now in pre-season training. They started a couple of weeks ago. They were in Guildford, I yeah, believe. Yeah, they're, they're in Surrey because I think uh, they, Horsham didn't get the keys to the new ground for a, a while. Fine. So Crawley couldn't use it. But now I believe Crawley have started to use it. I think yesterday or today when we were recording I the think podcast. It was yesterday, yeah. Gabby and the team were there for their first time. Uh, I w- watched the video. Did you watch the video of, of Gabby giving his review of the ground? No. It, it was I've positive. Got, I've got a written down statement here that I've got, I was going to read. It was positive. Gabby was happy. Uh, So Gabby has actually said it's good to be back and working with the boys again. My plan was to have six weeks between now and our first game on August the 3rd for the best preparation. Uh, The camp this week allows us to do intensive work with no distractions and it helps the guys like Ashley, Bears and Nathan, the new signings, to get integrated with the group. So it's also nice to see that the club did spin a positive onto spending a a week in Surrey training because they put everyone up in a hotel. So all all of the players, I think, did manage to have extra time together and bond together, which is very nice when you want to add new players to a squad and and build them up for the new season. Yeah, and Gabby said plenty of um, positive things about the actual facilities at Horsham as well. I haven't obviously not seen it ourselves, but you might see if you go to the first game against Horsham, that um, pre-season friendly. But uh, everybody seems pretty happy. And again, it's all built towards this very, very positive vibe around the club at the moment. And we don't just say that because it's the start of a new season. It, It genuinely does feel a little bit different. At the end of last season, especially... Again, it feels a long time ago now we were saying Gabby in, Gabby out, and people like 90% wanted him out. And it feels totally different now, I, doesn't I it? I will say I was always the Gabby <laughs> in. But I would never change my mind, though. Looking back, based, look, I don't sure. want to get into this conversation, <laughs> but based on the results, out was still the right choice. But yes, we're, we're fine now, and um, let's move forward. And we absolutely have moved forward. The last six weeks, again, the communication from the club and everything going on, some good signings, good training ground. 
It's all really, really good. Yeah, it's that the club are listening to the supporters. Uh, the supporters are suggesting things, and it's just kind of that that nice feedback circle that's going on, and and things are happening. And I I really hope that everyone else is feeling inspired. Do let us know in the comments if you're not feeling inspired or are feeling inspired. But I think it's safe to say that generally things are looking good going into this new season. Definitely. Um, and just as we've been um, on air, let's say, I've had a message on Twitter come through and it, we should have said it anyway, but I didn't. So thank you for the reminder. It is from um, at CTFC underscore fan. And he said, hi, guys, can you just remember to remind people to sign that petition? So if you haven't signed that petition we were discussing already, it would be great to be get as many uh, sort of... Uh, the petition for the training ground. This yes, is. yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah. so we've got 841 so far. And we, we'd, they'd love to hit an absolutely massive figure. There's enough people in Crawley. There's 100,000 people in Crawley. If 10% of people sign it, you can get hit like 10,000... 10,000 um, votes and things so um, do get online and sign it you can find it on Twitter um, we'll also retweet it on our Twitter account absolutely. as well so if you do struggle it'll be on Straight Red Podcast and before the end of the podcast I'll also um, read it out I've just got to find it whilst we're um, going through a few things but what's up next anyway Jonathan I think this leads us on to added time I don't think there's anything else for us to add to oh, this I've got, lo- oh, I've got season tickets Okay. Season tickets, I think it's pretty good. Uh, price fee, price freeze on season tickets for the twenty um, seventh consecutive season. Who knows? But it's been a long time anyway. Supporters who opted to collect their nineteen twenty season tickets should note these that will be available from the club ticket office from ten a.m. Um, and this was a few days ago, so they're available now. If you opted for delivery, you should have had delivery by now. If not wait another day and then um, get in touch with the club. But um, yeah, you can still buy them as well. And I think the really great thing is talking about being positive from the club. I've um, got a tweet here. There's been plenty, but I've just picked out one from John Barnett. And uh, regards collecting his season ticket. Wow, wasn't expecting that, Crawley Town. They've certainly upped their game. Just wish I'd been in when they tried to deliver it. I talked to the post office. That's kind of irrelevant. <laughs> but in the season ticket package, it just looks really nice. It's done really professionally. Loads of um, sort of marketing work in there. The season ticket itself attached nicely to a, like a bright red letter. A couple of free season tickets. In, uh, a couple of free tickets. <laughs> free to season a, tickets. A couple of free tickets <laughs> to a game in there. Looks like there's a car sticker in there. Just... It's just it's the way to do it, and it's mm. doing it's doing everything right. You can do you can do little things right, or try and get one big thing right. But when you start doing all these little things differently and correct, that's what builds the momentum yeah, and the positivity. It's the little things that it's matter. Great. It's and this great. leads me on to I don't know whether it is Joe doing all of these little things, but generally speaking, I I have to give a big shout out to Joe. Clumper, the commercial manager. I think he's done a fantastic job over. The, no, no disrespect to I, you. I, I think it's probably the second best in the club's <laughs> history. <laughs> but, but have you seen all the the deals that he's either re-signed or the new deals that he signed with, like Spire Gatwick, for instance, yeah, and though, the deals that he's got the other way, and also the the new training grounds um, that we've got the deal with with Horsham, and that we might be sending a few of our players on loan there. That's, I mean, yes, that is ah, benefiting yeah, Horsham. Mention that, yeah, but that will also benefit us as well. Yeah, it's not just a training ground deal. It, there's a lot going on in that deal, like you've just mentioned Jonathan said um, we, we'll be sending a couple of loan players on there if if the time is right and it's necessary we can put a couple of loan players into Horsham as and well and he's managed to go on holiday throughout all of this as well incredible so do you know what I'm not kidding I didn't have a holiday in six I had one holiday in six years as commercial manager wow. it's a busy job uh, so yeah Spire Gatwick Health that's a new one that's a one year training kit sponsor and Innovation Fire and Security extended theirs by three years and Pl- Fast plenty, Signs as well plenty yeah, more yeah, going many, on many many it, it's well. absolutely great really really good um, now I think we can officially move into extra time. There's still quite a lot in this. So Crawley Town set to unveil their new home kit on July the 8th, apparently, supplied by Area for the third year in a row. Um, apparently will go on sale a few days later. And there's vague talks that the Crawley Town supporters may get to vote on next season's kit come the new year, possibly. Uh, that was um, Crawley Observer News, I think. Oh, that. Okay. Okay, but, but guys. Still, sorry, sorry. <laughs> but no, but but there was a comment from Joe um, who said it's it's absolutely a possibility because generally when you get a new kit, um, you you will have noticed this if you're sort of BDI'd. Several teams in the league will have a similar kit. Generally, it'll just be a different colourway. Um, but what you can do, they generally send you area. They send you or any Puma when I was there, they'll send you three or four options. You choose one option, then you tailor the colours. So it's not entirely unique um, unless they've got a special deal with area. But you will generally see several teams with a similar kit, just different colours. But it would be nice for the fans to have an option to pick one out of three. Again, it's that engagement, isn't it? At every single level, it, it would be fantastic. Yes. Now, one of my favourite stories that really did make me chuckle 
Guess what the club are selling? It's not a player. What are they selling? Um, uh, seats. They're getting new seats. You're selling your old. You can have your old seat. Close, but maybe slightly more ridiculous. That. All right. They're selling, or should I say auctioning, the porter cabin, the ticket porter cabin. The little red one? Yeah. Lovely. <laughs> where, so, where are you going to put it? Well, yeah, put it in my back garden, I suppose. Free collection? New shed. Yeah, well, yeah, it's free collection if you can make it down there. Could you imagine posting that? I'm just trying to think where I'd put it. I haven't got a garden. I've only got eight slabs. <laughs> <laughs> then, it's common, then it's common land. So, yes, if you haven't seen this, the club are auctioning one of their ticket porter cabins on eBay. I think there's three days or so left on that auction, so there's still time if you want to bid. And the last time I checked, it was at £205. What a bargain. Do you know what? You could, you could turn that into a little sauna. It could be a sauna. It could be a shed. Yeah. Um... Like a, a man's space or woman's space could be. I'm not being sexist. <laughs> but it could be a person's space. Probably not long enough to get a dartboard in there. Not enough. A kennel could be a kennel. You putting a bid in? Well, I might have to because I've actually done some. I will say five minutes of research. Porter cabins do go for a fair bit of money. Two hundred and five pounds is far below what they usually go for. So you're looking to buy a bit of crawly memorabilia, then sell it straight on. <laughs> Buy it, paint it all up, black or something neutral, sell it on for a quick profit. Oh, well, well I'll uh, well, look for, for an update in the next podcast. <laughs> um, right, serious news. Oh, there's also match-worn shirts as well that are being auctioned too, yeah, which I are a little that. bit more realistic but for people. 15 quid each. Mm. Absolute bargain. Um, right, serious stuff. Hiring. The club are hiring match day staff for the season. The club vacancies in several part-time roles. These are match day stewards and turnstile operators. If you're interested in being at every game next season as a Crawley Town member of staff, as a match day steward or a turnstile operator, send in your CV and details of any relevant experience to feedback at Crawley Town FC. I'll be perfectly honest. I don't think a CV um, <laughs> is going to make much difference. To be fair, I did used to be a, a turnstile operator at Quarry Town. So I Did you turn... send a CV in to get the job? <laughs> no, I, I, I think I just rang him up and they invited <laughs> me in. <laughs> Can't even remember how I got it. I think I just walked in and stood there and they were like, right, have the job. <laughs> uh, no, no interview or... Well, now now I have a CV full of experience of being there. Is so. being a Crawley Town turnstile operator on your current CV? <laughs> I have to say it is, a, it is omitted. It's not rude. really relevant anymore. Very rude. Um, but yeah, feedback at crawleytownfc.com if you want to be a matchday steward or a turnstile operator. Um, what else have I got? The pitch. The Crawley Town pitch has undergone its renovation again. In Another renovation. For the new season. Yeah, I, I love how seriously they're taking this. Last season, I think it, they said they played about 60 matches on there. Of course, that's not just Crawley Town games because Crawley have a deal with Brighton who partly funded the, the new pitch uh, renovation uh, last season or so. So Brighton ladies play their games on the pitch and there's been a few um, training sessions that have taken place on the pitch as well. So it's seen a lot of action and it was in pristine quality last season. Hats off to the ground staff um, and also to uh, both clubs, Brighton and Crawley, for, for investing into the pitch. And this season, they've invested in it again by renovating it so that it'll be ready again for the new season. Hopefully, we'll have another pristine year and long will those um, memories of uh, bad waterlogged pitches be in the, in the distance. I'll be perfectly honest, I wasn't really listening to that. I was trying to find the link to the Crawley Town poll. Um, have you found it? Uh, um, yes, I have. However, it's u.38degrees.org.uk forward slash petitions forward slash Crawley Town FC training ground. Just go on Twitter and search for us, Straight Red CTFC or CTFC underscore thoughts, and you'll find it on those threads. Really important. So, um, And tell your friends as well. You don't have to be a Crawley Town supporter to sign it. If you just if you're interested in having an engaged community and a supportive community and hashtag town team together, anybody can sign it. Because um, quite to be perfectly honest, 841 have signed it. I don't think we've got that many season ticket holders. So um, more and more, there must be some non-fans that have signed it. Um, but yeah, get behind it. Really important. Um, have you got anything else, Jonathan, or are we kind of up to date? I think I've talked myself into the ground now. Um, let me have a quick look. I'm just going to go through my notes. Um, so, yeah, I think we've covered everything. The last thing I wanted to say um, was Jonathan and I do this. We, we love doing this. We do it absolutely free of charge, of course. 
we're Crawley Town fans, we're going to carry on doing it. Um, the only thing, it, it does physically cost us money because we've got an iCloud and a SoundCloud contribution or subscription, the premium one. We've also got plenty of expensive equipment. Um, we would love a bit more equipment because we, we've only got two mics. So when we interview people, let's say we want to interview two people, we've literally got to share a mic. So well, this is the only time... Or I'm, hold a mobile phone up to a mic, which doesn't when, really work When we well. interview players, we literally hold a mobile phone up to their face. It's terrible. So... If you will only ever ask this once, okay? Because I don't want this to be that kind of podcast. If you want to sponsor us or support us in any way, get in touch and we'll give you a little shout out um, during each episode. Literally, three or four hundred quid would see us through probably two years worth of subscriptions and get us a couple of mics, which would be really, really cool. Yes. Um, and if you have any ideas for some sort of. Um structure if you think it should be done a, a, don't, a donation basis i don't know yeah, if that's easier like a pound a month from from everyone <laughs> or five <laughs> like have different tiers you know what i mean so there's there's so many different ways of doing it you could do a, a lump sum sort of thing or a one pound a month or a five pound a month sort of thing and then in return you get something back that's special or just if, if one person wants to lump us some cash quality not looking at anyone in particular hong kong paul <laughs> I wasn't even thinking that. <laughs> um, but otherwise, you'll see me or Jonathan sat out of, uh, outside the turnstiles with a little cap sat on the ground um, looking for your loose change. Um, <laughs> but no, on a serious note, um, we would love, whenever we put a podcast up, um, we do get some really good feedback. If you could give us any feedback um, and positive reviews on SoundCloud or on iCloud, those kind of places, that would make a massive difference to the podcast um, as well. Yeah, we really want to take this to the next level. Um, it initially started off as uh, a little bit of a jolly and then we got into this and now I think you know it's time to give you guys a, a really 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 decent podcast we we had no idea whether this would last one episode or one season um but again because we have listeners and because we know you listen we love interacting and again we are just fans we're just the ones here talking about it we'd love i think we'd love to have a fan a different fan on every single episode just to give us a third opinion because my opinion is is sort of doesn't change particularly much. Always have one sort of point of view. Jonathan has another. It would be great to have more than one voice on each episode. And with a third microphone and better oh, equipment, we could do that. <laughs> we, we can't do this until we have a third microphone. <laughs> Um, but yeah, next episode, Jonathan, when do we think it's going to be the first? Because this is a midsummer special. When's the first proper episode of season two? Well, without looking at our very busy diaries, I'm presuming it might be uh, wise to possibly put something in just after the pre-seasons, just before the official fixture so starts. Somewhere between the last friendly and the first home game. So then we can give our official predictions as well. And that is when we always put a question out. The big question will be coming back. Um, and I think the first question will be, what's your prediction for this season? And Promotion we would have had a chance to have seen the squad perform as well, albeit under pre-season conditions, but we would have had a chance to comment on that. Yeah, definitely. So um, all looking forward. And of course, as always, your feedback much appreciated in terms of, we had a structure last season with um, Broadfield buzz and things going on and, and transfers we've had in this episode, but uh, extra time, etc. If you can think of anything else you want added to the show, taken out the show or anything amended, it's your show. We want your feedback and we will provide the podcast that you want to listen to. So thank you very much for listening to this uh, mid pre-season special, whatever you like to call it, from you and myself. Thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you again very soon. Speak to you soon. Cheers, guys. Cheers.